wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. Back here on WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, June 25th, 2020. I am Graham G.S.M. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. If you want to check out new episodes of the show, you can do so every single Thursday, not only on NextAirWrestling.net, but also on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbean. We're all over the place, baby. So review the show, rate the show, subscribe to the show, and get every single new episode on Thursdays. We've got interviews, we've got reviews, we've got very special guests, including my very next one, who has been on the show almost every episode for the past two, three months, while in quarantine from the Red Sox. Uh, we got Mr. Marceau, RJ, welcome back to the show, sir. Thanks for having me back, GSM. Just another day, kid. <laughs> I always look forward to our conversations, breaking down everything in the world of wrestling. Uh, I, I would think that we would have a shortage of topics here on today's show, but the thing is that we don't. I mean, we are talking Raw, we're talking Dynamite, we're talking NXT, but there's a lot to get to before then. Last week, we went on a kind of a tangent on the Bruce Pritchard running Raw stuff. Um, unfortunately, the news to get to today is... I, I, I was hoping for a more positive show today, and in a way it is, although not the kind of positive that we were looking for. Uh, we got to talk about the positive tests coming back from the COVID-19 uh, tests going on right now in WWE, various WWE employees testing positive. Um, as of this recording, and I'll check back on social media while we're recording to make sure there's no other ones that I'm not aware of currently, but um, you know, various people that we know of have, have tested positive and many more beyond that reportedly P, uh, you know, per PW Insider. We also got the speaking out stuff that happened over the last week that literally broke as soon as Actually, we recorded last Wednesday, but it was the very next day that it started with David Starr and then various people affected from all other promotions, various promotions shutting down, going on hiatus until this whole thing clears up. And there's just a lot to get to. We've spoke a lot about it on the phone, over text in the last week. It's nice to be getting it out here out in the open on WrestleRant Radio. I already did talk a lot about the... Um, speaking out stuff myself on hashtag AskGSM on Wednesday, so I won't go into great detail about every single person accused and the update on every single person, but I do want to get your thoughts, Mr. Marceau, on everything going on. So before we even get to the COVID stuff, um, we may not spend too much time on the speaking out stuff because, again, I did spend a, a considerable amount of time on Wednesday dissecting everything. But when it comes to the speaking out movement, people coming out with um, sexual uh, sexual accusations, abuse, harassment, rape in certain cases, about various performers from WWE, Impact, uh, Ring of Honor even, AEW, New Japan, NWA, it's all over the place, dude. MLW, no promotion has been exempt. Uh, again, we spoke about this when it first started about a week ago. What have been your thoughts on the whole movement going on with people coming out with accusations, and a lot of them proven to be true, over the last week in the world of wrestling? It's good. I, I, I actually I think it's a good thing. I mean, people are saying, like, oh, it's such a bad thing. Like, obviously, but these people need to be freaking prosecuted or keep, like, put out there. These people are bad people. I mean, come on. Like, 
especially stuff with underage people. I mean, come on. Like, you're a fucking grown-ass adult, and you're fucking asking for fucking nude pics and trying to hook up with 15, 16-year-old girls. Like, come on. Like, like what, what the hell's wrong with you? I mean, that stuff is probably the most... That's probably the stuff that bothers me the most. Like, anything with underage people, especially... It'd be one thing if you're, like, a 21-year-old wrestler and trying to get with, like, an 18-year-old girl. Okay, it's somewhat close. If you're a fucking 30, 40-year-old man trying to hook up with young girls, that's just that's gross. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't understand that. And, obviously, the, with the, the rape allegations, I mean, those are just crazy. And those should be taken very seriously. And if they are true, those people should be prosecuted, fired from their job. I mean, that shouldn't... Should, even in the any, real world, that should just never fly and... I'm glad it's starting to come out and just kind of pr- show who these dirtbags are and hope they get prosecuted for what they do. And just, I want more stories to come out and just want everyone to know that if you anything did happen, I mean, the platform's open now and just take the opportunity. I just think these people are just, like you said, disgusting and they should be held for their actions. I mean, this stuff's just crazy. 100%. And again, as I've said before, I hate to put everyone in just one category because there have been people where there's been accusations about that just aren't true or have been stretched the truth a bit. But I feel like, as I said on Wednesday, that's the vast minority. Um, I do believe a lot of what's come out about many, many people, a lot of whom have either denied it. And a lot of these people that have denied it have not put out good statements, putting themselves in a positive light at all. Um, David Starr's response to the whole thing, who I know you don't really, you aren't too familiar with who he is. The guy's a piece of shit. Um, his response was terrible. I think he has since deleted his Twitter because that's how <laughs> how bad the backlash was. If you have to delete, if you have to d- delete your Twitter, um, even after putting out a statement, not that that automatically proves that you're guilty. Doesn't exactly put you in the best light. Um, but he's a piece of shit. You mentioned the underage stuff. Marty Skrull put out a statement. I got to mention this again. I'm a fan of his, but you got to call a spade a spade. He's a piece of shit. I mean, the statement that he put out on. I think it was Wednesday or late Tuesday, I believe, is when I saw it. But how he didn't deny what was accused of him, what was alleged, I mean, what allegedly happened, where he got together with a 16-year-old girl, and he said, "Oh, it's legal," and I thought it was consensual. Then he went on some fucking tangent about it, like, "Oh, we should speak out," blah blah blah. Even though the guy's, in a, you know, he's a he's a scumbag. Um, yeah, I guess 16 might be the legal age, or it is the legal age over in England, I guess, over in the UK doesn't make it any more right to me. I'm not sure how old the guy is. He's definitely in his 30s, so he was at least 10 years older than the person. And 16 is 16, dude. I mean, again, I spoke about this on Wednesday, but that's just fucking gross. Um, so that statement was really scummy. I think that's still up right now on his Twitter. The fact that Ring of Honor hasn't come out and said anything about this, and maybe they thought, okay, Marty Skrull is in a head prominent position in the company as a booker, so it may not look too well on us to say, oh, we're against blah, 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 or we encourage people to speak out when Marty Skrull hasn't been cleared yet. So maybe that's why they haven't said anything, but it's still not good. And it's not just any Ring of Honor guy, it's their head booker. So hopefully he's out of that position of power at some point soon, uh, because I can't imagine that anyone would want to work for him. It's just disgusting. Um, There was him, a lot of people. Again, uh, Jack Gallagher released from WWE. Were you surprised how quickly WWE acted upon that and let Gallagher go last Friday? Not really. I mean, he's he, even he's not worth even trying to fight the allegations. Like he's a good wrestler, but it's not like he's like Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins, like those that you kind of try to get more details. Bad publicity from a guy like that. You might as well just cut bait at that point. It's not like you're losing much. Yeah. So with a guy like him, I know people said, "Oh, they like just Enzo. Kind of like Enzo." I'd say it's like yeah. 
they cut him right away. Like, I guess it came out that either she didn't, char- the tra- charges were dropped or it wasn't true or whatever, but he's not even worth the publicity to hold on to. So at that point, he's cut bait. Yeah, I know. So uh, with Enzo, I'm, I'm still not 100% clear on the story. I think it was because even though he was proven innocent, I think he still withheld facts from the company telling them about the case that was open anyway, the charges that were against him, which may have played a factor. He was already in hot water. That's probably why he was fired anyway. Um, but with Gallagher, I've seen people say, you know, he's more expendable, like you said, RJ, and that's why they let him go, which very well may be true, as opposed to someone like you said, a Roman, who would obviously, I don't think, ever do something like this, but like a Matt Riddle, for example. The same day that he was accused, or around the same time last Friday, he debuted on SmackDown, beat the Intercontinental Champion, and it would have been a lot for them to edit that out of the show. Even the Gallagher thing, Gallagher was still on 205 Live. They taped it a week or so ago, earlier on in the week. They still, you know, they still aired the match that he had against Jake Atlas. Thankfully, he lost. Um, his profile has been completely removed from WWE.com. They didn't include any pictures or any mention in the match in their 205 Live results. Um, but, I mean, again, I, I think the fact that he hasn't denied what happened, his allegations were a bit more serious. I mean, Matt Riddle, the guy did what he said he did or what the person said that he did then he's a piece of shit too and he should be fired. But that also has not been proven yet. The Jack Gallagher thing, not that it's been proven, but um, he hasn't put out a statement. I assume that he's guilty, but again, that's purely speculation, assuming that WWE took as you know quick of an action as they did. Um, do you think more releases and suspensions are to follow with people like, again, Laguero, Jordan Devlin, Travis Banks, all from the NXT UK side in maybe the weeks or months to come? I think it all depends on what, what the allegations are, what kind of proof they have, and kind of the severity of it. I mean, if someone did, if some of the stuff that these people are alleged did, and they, if they actually can't actually like admitted it or more detail coming out that they actually did it, I mean, you can't you can't associate with those kind of people. You got to release them. I mean, it just it's not a good look for the company. It doesn't send the right precedent. So these people are, are they are guilty of what they did and admit it. I mean. Get, get rid of them. You don't, you don't need that in the wrestling industry, and you don't need it in the world in general, so just you don't want those kind of people around. Yeah, there's no defense. There's no defense. I don't give a shit about the argument. Oh, but they're good wrestlers. You know, it's the same thing with the whole, you know, when, what happened a couple of weeks ago with the, uh, in the Black Lives Matter thing. And it wasn't as widespread as this, obviously. But a lot of people, maybe not a lot of people, but some people were outed for being racist. And it doesn't matter if they're a good wrestler or not. If you're a piece of shit human being, you should be exposed for being a piece of shit of of a human being. So, uh, like you said, I'm glad this is happening. I mean, obviously the stuff that happened in the first place was terrible. But it's nice that people are finally coming out, sharing their stories, getting rid of the trash in the wrestling industry. We don't need it. Uh, we don't want it. It happens everywhere, but it seems pretty prominent in wrestling recently. Um, I mean, not even recently. A lot of these stories go back years. Some of these stories have been held on to by people for various, you know, many, many years. And a lot of it is women coming out, but it does affect guys, too. I've seen a lot of guys come out. Um, you know, I've seen people, uh, like, DM conversations between, like, people like a Velveteen Dream and a younger guy who may have been underage. That's not good. Uh, Dream's another one. I think may, more action may be taken against him. He was conspicuous by his absence this week in NXT. I think that was already taped, though, like a week ago, so I'm not sure if that had anything to do with it. Um, but stuff like that, again, he should be fired if that was indeed the case. But, uh, yeah, the whole thing is just fucking gross. So hopefully, you know, more people are exposed. Keith Lee actually put out a... Uh, uh, it was it was not cool to see, but it, it was nice that he spoke out about a story involving himself from a few years ago. Nothing wrestling related, but he was uh, um, sexually harassed, 
you know, potentially abused. You can read the story for yourself a number of years ago, and he came out about that, which was, uh, you know, nice to see and, and very courageous and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it sucks. It sucks that this shit has to happen in the first place. And uh, if, if places have to shut down and people have to be quote-unquote canceled, so to speak, then so be it. Uh, Joey Ryan, I mean, dude, what more needs to be said about this piece of shit? I mean, it's not just that I've never really been a fan of him to begin with, but the guy was literally having people touch his junk, and not just guys. Like, if okay, it's the male wrestlers, whatever, weird, but whatever. Like, he, he does intergender matches, dude. And he, like, that's part of his gimmick is that he does intergender matches. I was watching a match, or part of a match, rather, that he had with Tessa Blanchard at the, um, it was an Impact, like, special about a year and a half ago, I think over WrestleMania weekend last year, where he did, again, everyone knows the penis plex and whatever, he had her do that, which was ridiculous, and then he did the boob plex to a move that more people may not be aware of, but it's when he, you know, grabs them by the breast and he does the suplex backward, blah, blah, blah. Again, why is that stuff even happening anyway? I don't give a shit if it's fake or scripted or whatever. It, it's just not a good message to send. It's a dumb thing to do. The gimmick was already stupid. The fact that Impact even employed him really just, it really annoyed me because Impact, I know you really haven't been following too closely, but they have been made, they've made a lot of great strides in recent years, and shit like that, why would they even bother bringing the guy in? He's a fucking clown. Like, any, any thoughts on Joey Ryan? No, I mean, I've never been a big fan of his. I, I can't say I'm too surprised, and it, he should just, I'm glad Impact fired him. That's kind of quick. <laughs> yeah. Really not much more to be said about that. And not just with Joey Ryan about how he's been accused and whatnot. He's been accused of some pretty bad stuff by many people, dude. Like, well over a dozen. Some of these people have one or two accusers, which is bad enough. To have over a dozen really just kind of says it all right there. Even Joey Janela came out and he was like, yeah, the guy's a piece of shit. Like, these accusations are 100% correct. And people that would work with him, maybe not everyone. Like, I'm sure the elite didn't know about it. But certain people may be more you know, uh, knowledgeable about it than others. More people may know about it than other people, depending on where they worked and whatever. So, um, that sucks, but it, you know, at least he's being outed. He was fired and he'll hopefully be taken care of. But, uh, yeah, MLW is in some serious trouble right now. Chikara had to close down. Um, obviously Joey Ryan's promotion had to close down and rightfully so. Um, I saw the NWA president was accused and he had to, uh, resign or not had to, I think it was, it was his choice to resign as the president from the NWA, so action was taken there as well. Um, it, it's it's affecting a lot of different places right now, NXT in particular, because it isn't just UK wrestlers. That's kind of seemed to work to be you know where it started, but that's not where it ended either. It really has gone all over the place. Um, Jimmy Havoc is another one that was accused of some pretty serious stuff. Um, I didn't read up on all the reports, so I can't really speak to everything that happened with Jimmy Havoc, but AEW, in my opinion, did take appropriate action by saying that um, he had to go to rehab and all this other shit. I think they should have just fired the guy, to be honest with you, but they may... I mean, they didn't say that he'd be brought back. I think there's still a very good chance he probably won't be brought back. Like, Rich Swan a couple of years ago, for example, um, he was facing some pretty serious domestic abuse charges, although it was his choice to leave on his own, and WWE granted that. I think a very similar situation could happen with Jimmy Havoc. Um, any thoughts on AEW's decision to suspend Jimmy Havoc? I haven't read up on the allegations, so I don't know exactly uh, what's going on, but I think it's just a good sign. I mean, even if he's innocent or the charges aren't as bad as it seems, I'm, I'm kind of glad they took some kind of action. Um, keep people accountable, even if just it kind of keeps people accountable. Just, just not even get into something like this. It shows that if you do anything stupid like this, even if 
if kind of allegations or just kind of things like that, they'll keep holding accountable. I think it's a good look. Uh, I think he had more serious things going against him. So, I mean, I, I think it's just a smart thing for company-wise, even if it hasn't come out yet. The allegations are pretty bad. Just disassociate with the person at this point. Kind of get them off TV. Um, and then wait till there's a more of a official official decision or official announcement on what happened. And then from there, take more swift action. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad they took some action showing people that, you know, they take this stuff seriously. And once the more details and stuff come out, they'll take appropriate action at that time. Another AEW star that was suspended was Sammy Guevara for kind of a different reason the other day on Monday, I believe it was, was when it came out from about four and a half years ago on a podcast that he appeared on that he, in so many words, I mean, I won't say exactly what it was. It was pretty bad, but he had some pretty disgusting comments about Sasha Banks after a tryout that he did at WWE soon before that. Um, AEW took action by suspending Sammy Guevara indefinitely without pay. His pay is being donated to... um, a, a charity or some sort of foundation. I forgot what it was exactly. Um, but he's been suspended. So no condoning what he said. Completely disgusting. We've already spoken a lot about this, about Sammy from the other day. I don't know if they needed to suspend him, uh, but I think with everything else going on right now, it may have been only um, to save face. Because I don't think you can, you know, give him a slap on the wrist and be like, oh, okay, whatever. Because it might look like AEW is condoning what he said. So I kind of get it. Like, if there was, if this was any other sort of, you know, situation, any other time where what was going on right now wasn't going on, and it came out, let's say for example, six months ago, that Sammy said what he said back in 2016 when he was 22 years old, so there's really no excuse on a public forum, no less either, which was incredibly dumb. But to say it at all is just stupid. Um, I would say, okay, you know, stupid, whatever. Maybe you know, not focus on him as much, whatever. But again, with everything else going on right now, I kind of understand why they did what they did because there would have been a lot of backlash had they not taken action. They didn't fire him, which I think would be a step too far. But he seemed apologetic. He should have apologized. He did. He reached out to Sasha, which was good. Um, Sasha put out a statement about it. He put out a video um, about the whole situation as well, apologizing for it. He came across as genuine, in my opinion, but that's just me. Um, Your thoughts on the Sammy Guevara situation, um, RJ, and was AEW in the right in taking the action that they did? Uh, Now that I think about it more, like you said, maybe just like the safe face and kind of show that they are taking it seriously, maybe suspend them. Um, I think, like you said before, if this came out, like, on its own, and there wasn't another kind of, wasn't a part of a huge, like, out movement, I I don't think they would suspend him. I think his apology and kind of reaching out to Sasha from there would have been good enough. But I I do think since, um, since he is kind of, like you said, a public figure, and this kind of big news is coming out, I, I guess you just kind of have to suspend him, make it look at least that they're caring. I mean, I think what he said, completely stupid. I mean, I don't know why the hell anyone would ever say that, especially, like you said, on a public forum like that. But, I mean, he did apologize to her personally. I I mean, I wouldn't have suspended him, especially since it happened four years ago. Like, where was this? Like, why wasn't it brought up before? Like, clearly it was on a podcast that people can listen to. So, I mean, people might have thought it was stupid back then, just never said anything, but... I, I I myself wouldn't have suspended him, but I would have just taken the apology, um, the video, and then him reaching out to Sasha as well. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think it's just due to what's going on now, and they just want to take action 
and uh, make it look and just make it seem like it's part of this, so they're going to take it seriously. Yeah, so it's not like they're saying, oh, you know, Jimmy Havoc is expendable, we can suspend him, whatever, and then Guevara, he, he isn't as expendable, he's a part of the inner circle, and that's why we kind of have to protect him. Um, again, a comment on its own six to eight months ago, they may have still taken the action that they did. Because Cody and Brandy Rhodes seem very serious on a lot of different things. Um, not that they're a sensitive company by any means, but they take a lot of different things seriously. Abuse, domestic abuse, whatever. They don't have any toleration for that shit at all, nor should they. Uh, but for him to say that, again, it was years ago. It was obviously dug up. Um, I think by the podcast host himself, who I honestly have no idea who it was, um, in light of everything going on right now. So I, I, I get it. If this was any other time six months ago, I can see them having just having him say that he was sorry, that he didn't mean it, or apologize, or whatever. Maybe take him off the show for a week or two to let it die down. Um, but still, in light of everything going on, I can see people making the comparison like, oh, you know, you do this to one person, or you ban, like, for example, Hulk Hogan and Linda Hogan. And I talked about this on Hashtag, how they banned... Uh, Linda Hogan is just a piece of shit for what she said a couple weeks ago. Hulk Hogan said what he did a while ago. His apology wasn't genuine, but well, that's a whole other story. Um, in some people's opinion. So, you know, it might be hypocritical to ban people like that, but then not ban Sammy Guevara for what he said again years ago as well. So I can see why they did what they did, and hopefully with Sammy anyway, it blows over and he's back at some point in the not-too-distant not future. With everyone else, hopefully they, you know, justice is served, so to speak, and those people are outed and we don't see them ever again, depending on what the allegations were. So we move from one negative topic to the next. Uh, it has not been a great week for the wrestling world. So that wasn't bad enough. WWE has even bigger problems, which seems uh, bizarre, but it's true, in the form of COVID-19 coming back and biting them in the ass. We spoke about this at length last week, but a bit more details that WWE, which has been pretty public, you know, been kind of public knowledge over the last couple of months, was not formally testing people for COVID-19. They were simply doing temperature checks and with the amount of people they have in that building now, especially with having, you know, the performance center recruits, so to speak, as they call them, in the crowd serving as an audience, may not be too smart to not be testing your performers. And maybe it's a cost-cutting measure, but if AEW is doing it, there is no excuse for WWE to not be doing it as well. Um, I mean, this shit isn't really essential, but we've been over that before. Um, so anyway, so with the whole thing, I guess it's coming out from Pro Wrestling Sheet, PW Insider, that... It could be in the dozen range of people, or two dozen rather, uh, of people that have tested positive for COVID-19, including in-ring talent, on-air performers, and that includes Renee Young already came out on Wednesday night saying that she tested positive for coronavirus, Kayla Braxton, Adam Pierce is a producer, he said he tested positive, and then Kayla Braxton came out this morning and said not only did she test positive recently, she was the one who had it earlier this year. There was a whole report, you know, right before WrestleMania, around WrestleMania time, that someone tested positive for it. And it was an on-air performer, but it wasn't an in-ring talent. So I don't remember if Kayla was a part of WrestleMania. I don't think she was. I thought it was Charlie Caruso. Um, it wasn't. It was actually Kayla Braxton, which would make sense. She's on TV. She's an, she's an interviewer. And uh, she does the bump and whatever, so I could see that that report now checks out. And uh, she has now confirmed that she has tested positive not once, but twice. So you can get it twice if that wasn't already um, apparent enough. So 
RJ, what do you? What was your reaction to the whole news breaking now about WWE not properly testing their performers before recently? We kind of talked about that last week, but now it having very serious negative effects on the company with uh, various people coming out and say that that they've tested positive in the last couple of days. Yeah, definitely not good. I mean, the company seems like not that they just haven't really. I don't know if they've taken it seriously or, like you said, it's a cost cost cutting measure, so they're not testing everyone. Um, but it's one of those things, especially being down in Florida, they're kind of spiking right now. So I think it's one of those things that they're in Florida and now they're starting to get a lot. And I'm not sure if these people have really been taking precautions or kind of the whole the whole thing. But, I mean, definitely not a good look for the company. I mean, it's kind of one of those things that, and like we discussed before the phone, it's, it's not, it was good up here. It was bad up here at first. Mm-hmm. So I don't think the rest of the country taking it seriously now it's down there as bad as it was up here and now it's kind of the cycle of now they're having a bad so i'm not too surprised when i saw the first couple of things i right once i saw the news and they said that florida and texas were spiking right now i was like oh god it's guaranteed someone from wwe probably test positive and like the next day they came out um like the reports of people testing positive so i'm not totally surprised i mean even if the company was testing I mean, people down there seem like they're catching it like wildfire now, so not yeah. totally surprised, but I mean, could have done better. Uh, maybe just to know if people have it before. I mean, they're just kind of be upset them to stay home or kind of what, what their policies are, but I think it was kind of only inevitable now that Florida's biking that people test positive. But it's also coming out now, too, that, and I, I think, again, we spoke about this before we went live here, that with New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut now having this not travel ban, but if people come in from Florida or I think Texas was the other state. They didn't say California, but I know those two. I guess those are the new big hotspots for the coronavirus. If you come in from those two states, you got to quarantine for 14 days. So WWE, I am absolutely sure, will work their way around it. And I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but you know, I said months ago that I figured they would be shut down, that they're not essential, whatever they were deemed essential. Somehow, some way, people have their theories, but they were. Um, I'm sure they will find their way around this and, and, and find a way to make it work. Um, but it's not good because if you have coronavirus, they're not going to have the people go out and work the show. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with, I think SmackDown may have already been taped. I'm not sure. But for next week's shows, I'm not sure when the next set of tapings are and who's going to be on them. Uh, we won't be seeing the bump anytime soon with Caleb Braxton or backstage with Renee Young, which I'll get to momentarily. It's just a really bad situation, which again, you had to know it was inevitable. And like you said, when you started to hear of cases spiking in places like Florida, you had to know, and even if you take precautions and wear a mask, you can still catch it, but not wearing a mask makes it that much worse. So just wear your fucking mask, people. Don't be stupid. Uh, Kayla Braxton said the same thing in her tweet. Uh, she said something about, you know, be smart or, you know, I'm an idiot or, or whatever. So at least she's owning up to it, which I appreciate and I respect. But uh, the whole situation just sucks. And hopefully, not that it blows, absolutely shouldn't blow over. They should take action and they should hopefully be, you know, uh, they should, you know, start doing the procedures now. I mean, why it took so long, I have no idea. They were going to wait until something bad happened, which doesn't make any sense to me. They should have been doing this from the get-go. Um, I'm not too sure of many people in AEW that have had it, if, if they've had it at all, because at least they've been testing. So on the subject of AEW, uh, we kind of talked about this a little bit before we went on the air, but with Renee Young catching it, and she confirmed it on her Twitter on Wednesday night, that's why John Moxley was not on Dynamite last night. Um, he was not on the show because of how 
Uh, you know, obviously Renee has it, and they said on the show, they didn't confirm that Renee had it. That's not really their business, but they said that Renee was in contact with someone who had, or I'm sorry, John Moxley was in contact with someone who had contact with someone who had it. And clearly, Renee Young ended up catching it from that person, which is why Moxley wasn't on the show. Um, QT Marshall missed the show last night because he was also in contact with someone who may have had COVID or who has since come out and said they had COVID. So he was kept off the show, which is why we got FDR and SU instead. So with John Moxley, do you think we still get Moxley and Brian Cage RJ for the AEW World Championship in two weeks? Or do you think they're going to take proper precautions and probably keep him off the show because uh, his wife has it, even if he doesn't have it? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I literally just jumped on what culture and like one of the first topics is is like Moxley and uh, Cage like canceled for a fighter press. I don't know. I think it's one of those things like he might not have it right now, but then can contract it and then I, th- I, w- I would be very surprised if it goes on as planned because, um, like I said, he could he could have been exposed but didn't actually get it, and then he has to wait another two weeks, the whole freaking 14 days thing. So I think it, I think it might be canceled, especially if, obviously, if he comes out as positive. I mean, that's not going to be good, but um, definitely, I, I'm definitely skeptical. Yeah, no, definitely. So I, I don't think it's going to happen, personally, uh, just because 14 days seems a little... Soon, I know that's what's recommended, like, oh, 14 days, and then you're okay. That may not always be the case. Uh, maybe if you don't have it, just to be safe, 14 days. But for people who do have it, I know people who have had it that were sick for a lot longer than two weeks. It could really range from a week to three weeks to a month. People could have, you know, they could be asymptomatic. So I don't think it's going to happen, and it sucks because they've been building the Cajun Moxley for the past month since Double or Nothing. Um, it's the big main event of Fighter Fest in two weeks. And they have enough matches where they can move something if they wanted to, like the tag team title match, for example, from next week to week two. Um, it's a real shame. I mean, Moxley, remember, he missed that Kenny Omega match at All Out a year ago. Not due to COVID, obviously, but due to an injury. So he's no stranger to being pulled from uh, big matches such as this one. So it sucks. Um, but we'll see how it transpires and how it's handled in the weeks ahead. I assume that AEW will be smart and pull him from the match. Maybe push it to all out, but also AEW kind of plans ahead. And we've said before, I do feel like MGF is being groomed for the top title shot at all out. So that might put those plans in jeopardy again, because I thought I kind of figured that we were getting MGF and Moxley double or nothing. And that guy changed too when um, MGF had to miss the shows. So the whole thing is just weird right now. We'll see where they go with it, but I, I am not optimistic that they'll do the match and and honestly by all accounts they probably shouldn't if Renee Young had it and he's married to her and he lives with her so um speaking of Renee Young WWE backstage canceled by FS1 and it's I, I've seen conflicting reports about how you know it could be brought back on a regular not on a regular basis but like on a monthly basis like with Talking Smack when that was canceled about a couple of years ago three years ago they brought it back after pay-per-views and stuff like that before they canceled it altogether. Um, there is a decent chance that we could see backstage do the same thing, see it brought back before or after a pay-per-view. But as a regular show, it sounds like they're done. There was no new episode on Tuesday. Obviously, Renee Young is sick, but even beyond that, um, the show is no more. No more, you know, Paige and uh, Christian and Booker T and, and, and Renee Young going off about random topics and CM Punk as well. Um, I, I don't know if you've really watched the show, RJ. Any thoughts on backstage reportedly getting canceled by FS1? Never really watched the show, GSM, way past my bedtime, you know that. Um, kind of saw like a couple snippets of it, but not, not wasn't uh, a regular watcher of the program. Yeah, so 
this is my thing with it. It sucks to see another show canceled, though I do feel like it was only inevitable. Nothing in WWE, when it comes to these type of shows, lasts forever. I do feel like the current incarnation of Raw Talk will be canceled at some point down the road. This type of shit, dude, never lasts. I mean, it does well in the beginning. The ratings start to decrease or the viewership goes down or whatever. Uh, the bump is still going strong on the network and on their YouTube channel. I don't watch that shit, but it's still going on. Um, I could see that getting canceled eventually because they get bored with stuff like this after a while. And FS1, the ratings have never done well with backstage. They weren't doing well at the get-go. And, and whenever they would bring on Punk, they would spike a little bit to 150,000, which isn't a great number. Um, I guess the shows on that network don't do well anyway. But uh, yeah, so it's getting canceled, I guess, as a regular show uh, due to cost-cutting measures. It's, it has nothing to do with COVID, apparently, because they have still been doing shows in recent months. So uh, it sucks because at least for me, I'm a big CM Punk guy. I like to see the guy talk about wrestling. So it's a shame that we won't be getting that anymore. Uh, again, I know you're not a big Punk fan, but do you think that any bridges may have been rebuilt in the last six, seven, eight months and that we could see him back at some point? Or do you think this is it for CM Punk and wrestling? I mean, I think I think there's never there's a never say never. I, I, don't, I haven't seen him on the show, so I'm not sure if he's speaking good light of the company or just shitting on over everything, so... Can't really go on that aspect, but I mean, I think eventually he'll be back. I think time heals wounds, and we'll see, but I mean, if it's not, it's kind of a shame. So I got to mention this real quickly before we go any further. Uh, Ring of Honor did put out a tweet earlier around noon as we're recording this. Uh, I didn't. I, I said the Ring of Honor didn't comment on the matters with Marty Scurll at any point, but they just did, so I got to mention this. They said, um, at Ring of Honor, we pride ourselves in having the respectful and inclusive environment. Um, that we have built, one that ensures all employees can work in a place where they feel safe and respected. We take these matters extremely seriously and have a zero-tolerance uh, policy when it comes to this type of behavior. Uh, Ring of Honor has launched an immediate investigation into the claims made against its currently contracted wrestlers. We will update you on our investigation once it concludes. So uh, I'm glad they finally came out and talked about it. Um, I do think action will be taken. I'm not sure if it's going to be one of those scenarios where things are said and then it dies down and no conclusion is ever reached. Uh, the fact that Marty Skrull confirmed that it happened and his response was as scummy as it was, I think there's a decent chance he'll probably have to resign. If, if Dave Lagana had to resign from NWA, and I know it's two totally different things, I think the same thing might happen with Skrull. So do you think we might see Skrull, this might be the end of Marty Skrull in Ring of Honor? It's definitely possible. I mean, it's one of those things that's kind of tricky because, like you said, like she was 16, technically in Great Britain or wherever the freak he was. It's is legal, so I don't know. It's one of those. It's like it's it looks bad, but it's like not like against the law. But if he actually raped her, it's just it's kind of like a huge he said she said kind of thing. So I mean, they definitely have to do some do some uh, background looking it up. But I mean, if it's true, the guy should be canned. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. So hopefully we get some more light on that situation, some more information as it develops. Uh, one final thing before we move into Raw highlights from Monday night. The Undertaker, uh, the last ride, the fifth and final episode from Sunday. Have you watched the Yard RJ? I did. So what were your thoughts on it, and do you think The Undertaker is indeed retired, done? I mean, they never said the word retired. They never said the R word, but they heavily hinted at it at the end of the episode. Um... I think there was a good episode. I think I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I mean, he said it himself, never say never. I, I don't think he's never, I don't think he's officially retired, but he even said if Vince has the, like, had a pinch and needed someone, he'd come out. But I don't know. It's, it's one of those things, if, if he did come back, I just wanted to be with the right person. Like, I don't want to, like, Goldberg or one of those old dinosaurs anymore. Like, yeah, I would love for him to have 
one more actual match with AJ. Um, like hey, we I talked mean, about the, it last week, yeah. The Boneyard match is great, but like for him especially, just like one more match in front of the crowd, and just like I think I think that would be good. I, I would I would entertain that one more actual match with AJ in front of a live crowd. But besides that, I mean, if he went off, if, if that was his last match, I mean, hats off to him. I thought the great match from the leave on. Yeah, it was a great match to leave on if that was indeed it for him. Um, I thought the episode was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not going to lie. got a little emotional there at the end when the whole video package was playing the George Strait song. I thought it was very well done. Him talking about his uh, brother passing away. Really emotional stuff. Um, I, I thought his brother lived in Boston. I, I, I misheard that when I re- was reviewing it the other day. He said Austin, not Boston. Um, but it was a great episode, though, and I, I implore people to check it out. One of the greatest documentaries I've ever seen from this company. It's a lot like The Last Dance, albeit on a uh, you know shorter scale from like three years. The uh, The Last Dance was like 15 to 20 years, whatever. That was a long one, and there was 10 episodes of that. This was only five. Um, but what were your thoughts on the documentary overall, Arjun? We've talked about it here on the show before. And uh, where would you rank it amongst the greatest documentaries that you, you've ever seen from this company? I liked it. I think it was really well done, and... Uh... It was different than most documentaries. Most of them are just kind of like, it's like an hour or two, and they kind of go over. These are all hour-long episodes, kind of going over three or four years of his life. Usually they just kind of go flashback to stuff. Like, this was actually going on during his life. So I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, hopefully they can do more of this stuff. I, I think a lot of people enjoy it, and it's kind of nice to see the current pull back a little bit, and i definitely check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Hate to put you on the spot, but what are some of your favorite WWE documentaries you've ever seen? Um, love the Triple H one. I think it's like King by King or some shit. I don't know. Love that one. Mm-hmm. Um, love the Rise and Fall of WCW. I mean, it's, I, I guess it's technically a WWE documentary. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, really enjoy that one. The Batista one's good. The first one, yeah. The first one, yeah. Oof, don't even get me excited that. I might start bawling my eyes out. <laughs> Besides that, I can't think of any other ones on the top of my head, but those are definitely three ones that I really enjoy. Um, well, I mean, 24 is too, but yeah, I'm thinking documentaries like a formal, yeah, you know. 24s are all good, but like actual separate documentaries, those are the ones that, that come off the top of my head right yeah, now. Yeah, I know you like the Triple H one. I've said before, I like the Mick Foley one a lot. Um, I thought that one was good. The CM Punk one I really enjoy. Um, I like the Warrior one. I watched that about a week ago with Alexis. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of great ones. I think all of which are on the network too, so people can check those out. Um, the rise and fall of WCW is just great. Um, the Jeff Jarrett snide, you know, the, the, the shot of Jeff Jarrett from, uh, what's his name? I forgot the guy's name, but, uh, Eddie Graham, I think. what'd you say? Is it Eddie Graham? Eddie Graham, I think. I Mike believe Graham. so. Is it Mike Graham? Mm, I think it might be Mike. I know he, he had since passed away, I believe, which is unfortunate, but it's one of the two. I think it might be Mike, but it's one of the two, I believe. But yeah, you're right. You're right. When he, when he takes that shot of Jarrett is amazing. Yeah, it's so I love that. It's like my favorite clip of the whole thing. <laughs> it's great. Uh, so moving on to Monday Night Raw from this past week. Um, a decent show overall. We got a lot of Extreme Rules announcements. Matches being teased for the pay-per-view. So the card is coming together quite nicely. Including Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler for the WWE Championship. Now we talked about Ziggler and Ali moving to Raw about a week ago when it was initially reported. Uh, confirmed when we saw Ziggler on Raw this past week. It was an, it was announced that Ziggler and Bobby Roode, actually, Robert Roode, rather, are moving to Raw in return exchange for AJ Styles moving to SmackDown. Is that a fair trade to you, RJ, or no? I mean, obviously not, but 
it is what it is. I mean, I'm not going to. If you put that in the Madden 20 uh, trade generator, it'd be low interest, and you need a lot more than that. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. I'm just like, I don't know. It is what it is. I'm not going to complain about it. So we're getting Ziggler and McIntyre again for the WWE Championship at Extreme Rules. You know, as a Raw main event, I get it. We've seen the match before. They did it um, late in 2018 when they were first teaming, broke up. Then they had a steel cage match and one of the final Raws, if not the final Raw of, 2000, uh, of the final Raw of 2018. And now they're rekindling their rivalry in time for Extreme Rules uh, for the WWE Championship. I honestly have zero interest in this. I think McIntyre's done greatest champion. I, li- I love the Seth Rollins match. The Bobby Lashley match at um, Backlash a couple of weeks ago was very good. I have z- you know sub-zero interest in seeing Dolph Ziggler in 2020 challenge for the fucking WWE title. Am I alone in this, RJ? I mean, I don't I don't want to see him fight for the title either, but this is clearly a filler feud for for Drew to do something before SummerSlam. I mean, I think that's kind of a given, but I mean, I, I will say I'm pretty surprised he kind of moved on from Bobby already, unless they're trying to like build him up even more, even though it kind of looks like he's going towards the U.S. title, but... I would have done Drew and Bobby again, but I think they had a good match and they had a decent feud. Um, but if they're just going to do like a one-off or the next month or two with Dolph, I mean, it is what it is. I'm, they, they don't really have any top heels on Raw, really. So, I mean, besides like Orton and Bobby, they really don't have anyone else. So, I guess you go with Dolph in the interim and uh, just keep Drew busy at this point. I guess so, but I feel like it's an annual occurrence, dude, that they have this, like, out of nowhere resurgence of interest in Dolph Ziggler. And they put him in the world championship picture. He loses. He drops right back down the card. We don't see him for a while. He comes back. And then he goes to the championship again. We saw it this year. We saw it last year with Kofi Kingston. They did it back in 2016 when he faced Dean Ambrose at SummerSlam. Um, you know, years and years ago when he faced CM Punk at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view for the WWE title. It's, it's almost... It's ridiculous. I mean, again, the guy was a top talent years ago, and he is very good still, but I just don't have any faith he'll ever put any more stock in Dolph Ziggler. He's been there, done that, times 10. Um, I just I just don't give a shit. So um, I guess it's better than Strowman versus Miz and Morrison, which was, the again, epitome of filler. But it sucks to me for McIntyre because this will be the third straight pay-per-view dude that I assume will not be main evented by Drew McIntyre. And that's a shame. I mean, he, he made him at the WrestleMania, beat Brock Lesnar, and that's great. But do you think they're kind of giving him the CM Punk treatment where he's not main eventing any pay-per-views as WWE champion now that he is in, you know, full possession of the title? Um, I mean, it's also different now. I mean, with the specials and stuff, it's not... I mean, he's not like you don't really have to sell someone as, like, a main event, not like a marquee name. I, I understand what you're saying. Like, it's kind of like... When Rey Mysterio was champion and he just lost every match, like it's it's like you're not getting the you win and like kind of get the fame and then they just kind of pull the rug underneath you. I mean, I think Drew's still very popular. I think obviously there's no crowd, but I think he's been greatest champion. Um, I mean, I don't know. I I think with the whole specials now, I I don't think it it really kills people unless it's like. Royal Rumble or Survivor Series, SummerSlam, WrestleMania. If you're not, if you're main event in those shows, I think it kind of like that pull holds more weight than any kind of the B show. So I don't want to put too much stock in it. I mean, Money in the Bank, they're easily going to have um, the the Money in the Bank matches as the as the final match because sure. and then I mean they build backlash around Orin and Edge as well. So I'm not too surprised. Um, we'll see what happens. I mean, what else do you think would main event? 
Extreme Rules. Well, what's the other program? I mean, Strowman and The Fiend or Strowman and Wyatt? I guess that would be the main event, right? Because they're not really doing any big attraction match. Like you said, a backlash or Money in the Bank. That would probably have to be the main event, right? Or maybe Sasha and Asuka. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, I'm not saying that Drew and freaking Drew. The issue really comes down to is golf doesn't mean a lot. So it's if they don't put them in the main event, it doesn't really matter because it's not really a main event level championship match because because Dolph has been an afterthought for so long so we'll see I mean I, I now that you said it I could probably see Asuka and Sasha main eventing I mean that's sexier on paper definitely haven't seen it before two fresh faces should be a great match so I mean in a booking sense I would put Asuka and Sasha last just because it means more but I mean does it really matter? I don't think so. So we'll see what happens. But I, I think it just kind of does, like you said, suck for Drew because I think he's had a good reign so far. And like Dolph Ziggler, come on. He's just like you said, he's the flavor of the month. Every year he's a flavor of the month. And then he goes back down to being a loser again. So we'll see. But I think it's just good to keep him busy for now because I think most likely it'll be him and Orin at SummerSlam, which I'm pretty excited for. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think that I think that could be the main event of that pay-per-view. I know the Fiend and Strowman will likely be happening at that pay-per-view. Um, I would save Orton and McIntyre for that show, and that should be the main event. And maybe Orton wins. I don't want to see him win necessarily, but it's definitely a uh, possibility. Uh, so I'm not really looking forward to McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. It looks like we may be getting Big Show and Randy Orton at the pay-per-view. Any interest in that at all, RJ? I think it just kind of, not that I'm like clamoring for Randy Orton and Big Show, but it keeps Randy busy at this point. It kind of is what it is. He's going with the whole, I guess, legend killer thing again. So, I mean, beat Big Show. I mean, I don't think he's that much of a legend, but, I mean, it's a big name. So, him beating uh, Big Show just kind of furs his story and kind of character at this point. I'm hoping that he just turns on Ric Flair soon. I kind of, that's what the end game is. At one point, he just either punts or just RKO as Ric Flair, and then we just don't see Ric Flair anymore. I think that would get over well. Um, but Randy's been doing great work, so I'm interested. I, it's not like I'm clamoring for the match, but kind of anything he's been on lately, it's definitely a tune-in moment for me, at least. So do you think with Flair, I was going to ask you, do you think this becomes a long-term partnership between Orton and Flair, Flair managing Orton, or do you think when Orton said on Monday, he's like, oh, you won't believe what I'll do next, do you think that might be hinting at him attacking Ric Flair and Flair just has no idea? Yes, I think, I thought that was going to happen, and I thought that was going to happen on Raw anyways when they had the whole segment of the talk show, I thought it would end with, with Randy attacking Rick. Um, I think after he beats Big Show, maybe... Drew, if they do him and Drew, and Drew starts getting over him a little bit, and then he just attacks Ric Flair. I think the end game, he's going to attack Rick, so I think it furthers the character again, like you said, killing another legend, or attacking another legend, and then going after Drew. So, we'll see what happens, but like I said, I've been really excited with what they're doing with Randy lately. I think he's been doing great work, and definitely uh, worth viewing on Raw. It's one of the uh, Raw viewing points for me. I agree, and as far as positive matches added to Extreme Rules are concerned, we're getting Asuka and Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship, the pay-per-view, only the second time ever. They had a match on Raw back in January of 2018 
when Asuka first showed up in WWE, um, you know, she went on to contend for the SmackDown Women's Championship that year, go over to SmackDown, so we have not seen the match since, unless I'm forgetting something, so it's a fresh match, we might get a, a female two-woman power trip at the pay-per-view, you know, I don't like a SmackDown star going for the Raw Women's Championship, but she is one half of the tag team champions, the Raw Women's Division is in a bit of trouble right now with Becky being gone and now Charlotte, which I'll address in a moment. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Sasha and Asuka happening at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view? I like it. I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Sasha and Bailey, but I think lately they've grown on me a lot. Um, I really like their duo. And like you said, they're kind of like a current woman's two, two-man power trip. I, I really enjoy I think I don't know why, but lately I've really enjoyed Bailey and her work together. I think they're good heels and they've been entertaining and probably one of the best things on, on WWE right now. So I, I think it's, and it's like you said, a fresh match that we haven't seen. Who else on Raw is really going to contend for Oscar's belt? She just beat Charlotte, Nia, come on. And then <laughs> we can address the other, we can address the rest of the division when we go over Charlotte, but I, I understand Sasha on SmackDown kind of doesn't make sense, but she's also the tag team champion, which can make her. Let's her fight on Raw and SmackDown, so they can kind of tie up the loose ends there. But I'm I'm excited. It's a fresh match, and it should be a good one. Yeah, no, I agree. It should be great. They worked well the first time, so I'm sure the rematch will be even better. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. We also might be getting the Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team titles after the Profits beat the Viking Raiders on Raw this week. Andrade and Garza attacking the Profits afterward. Uh, what's your interest level for that match? Because for me, it's high. Definitely high as well. I think it's fresh. It's something new. The only kind of issue is the Raw Tag Team Division outside those two teams. They really don't have anyone. They had like Vic and I don't even know what the hell the other yeah. Thorne, that was a flash in the pan. We haven't seen Ricochet and Alexander on Raw in a while. So, I mean, it's definitely something new and fresh, but it's kind of like like it's kind of like the women's tag team division. You, you have belts, but they don't really mean much. So I'm interested in the match. Definitely new. I like the pairing doing Andrade and Garza as a team, but I think it just it it's nice now. But at the end, it won't really pay off for anyone. So with Charlotte Flair, um, I, I wrote this here in the doc in our lineup here about how she might be out for the remainder of the year. I, I forgot which website reported that, but that was the idea. Flair said, or uh, Ric Flair, rather, her father, said that she would only be out for a little while and that she might be back by SummerSlam. And then Charlotte confirmed in an interview right before we started recording about how she'll only be out for a couple of weeks. So whatever she's doing, it was reported that she might be having elective surgery. I have no idea what that means. She's not sick. She's not injured, which is good. Uh, But she will be out for a little while, at least until after the next pay-per-view, I would assume. Which is what makes it even more baffling to me that they did what they did with Asuka on Raw this week. Again, I'm not complaining. Asuka beating Charlotte, tapping her out was good. I know you missed it because your TV was botching. But, uh, you know, obviously Asuka tapping out Charlotte on Monday. Great match. I just would have saved that for SummerSlam. But maybe the idea is that Asuka beats Banks at the next pay-per-view. And then she goes on to face Shayna Baszler at SummerSlam. That might be the idea. But uh, what are your thoughts on Charlotte taking time off for the foreseeable future? and potentially opening up more opportunities for the Raw women's division? Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's nice for Oscar, you said, tapping out Charlotte on Raw, puts her over well, beat Charlotte clean, made her tap out. It's great. Great for Oscar. It's one of those things, the division, though, besides them two, it's just not really there. That's why Sasha's contending for the belt. I mean, Nia, when I think like, it's nauseating how many times I've been talking about Nia. She's just so bad, and... No, thank you. Terrible. Um, Alia, been there, done that. She's been the same character for the last 10 years. No one cares. She's terrible. Um, <laughs> Morgan, they built her up just to bring her back down. 
don't get that. She lost on Raw to Natalia, so clearly they're not paying attention to her anymore. Uh, Ruby Riot, love Ruby. Think she's extremely underrated, and they've kind of lost sight with her. I, I think she'd feel, fit great with Rollins as like a women member of uh, the Monday Night Messiah gimmick. I think that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Kind of give her a new face left. Kind of give her more of uh, a prominent role, but hasn't really gone that far yet. Um, Shayna, it's been a ghost since. Uh, like a month ago, yeah, a month her. and a half ago, yeah. At least since Money in the Bank, I think around that. <laughs> yeah, since Money in the Bank, I don't think she's been on Raw once. So uh, maybe, maybe that's a COVID thing. Maybe it's they don't they don't think she's the one. I'm not really sure. But besides besides Oscar, Nia, and Charlotte, they really haven't focused on anyone else. And the people they have focused, they've already knocked back down. So um, it's just one of those things. It's like you want them to build new stars, and they really haven't done that. Now that Sasha or Becky and Charlotte are out, like, are they going to go back on Natalia? Like, no one really cares about Natalia and Nia Jax. No, thank you. <laughs> um, maybe, like, it's one of those things, like, you trade someone from SmackDown to Raw, but then they're not going to use them. Like, they have Shane already. They don't use her. They have Liv Morgan, who don't not her biggest fan, but they put a little work in her. It kind of got me a little bit interested, and then they just knocked her right back down. So Then she loses to Natalia on Raw. It's one of those things that's... <sighs> They just have to focus on more people, have more storylines, or have more women matches that don't f- focus around a title. I mean, they haven't done that in forever. Usually the matches on pay-per-views with the women are strictly title matches, besides, like, Mandy Rose and Sonya, but that wasn't even on a pay-per-view. That was on SmackDown. So I like that view. Like, that's what they have to go more with. Like, yep. interesting feuds with women that don't do a title, so they can build some up and then contend for the title. I mean, it's not fucking rocket science here, but... Um, We'll see what happens. I, I I think SmackDown might be in a better situation, women's division wise. Not not immensely, but Raw. Besides Oscar and Charlotte, the rest of them are kind of useless. Yeah, the the key word there is interesting. Non championship feuds like they're doing Lana and Natalia versus Liv Morgan right now, and who gives a fuck? Like even if it leads to the reunion of Riot Squad, which they broke up like a year ago, so. It hasn't really even been that long. As baby faces, it could work. They need more women's tag teams. I don't hate the idea. If it gets Ruby Riot back on Raw, then you know what? More power to him. And I, I, I won't hate the idea. Um, but I still don't care about Lana. I don't care about Natalia at all. Sheena has not been on the show, I think, since the submission match that she had with Natty back in early May. So I just don't think they have any plans for her at all. Like Belair. You know, Belair's not sick. She's been on main event. But uh, she's been winning, but she's not on Raw. She hasn't been on Raw in months, even longer than uh, than um, Shayna. So that's an issue. It's an issue of, you know, they have the talent. It's not as if it's 2009, 2010, where the women's division is a complete joke. They have no real women's wrestlers on the show. They have plenty. They're just not doing anything with these people. And this is the perfect time when, you know, Charlotte goes down, Becky leaves for a while, then you have, okay, you know, we have X, Y, and Z to focus on. But none of these women even matter. Shayna doesn't matter. Belair doesn't matter. Natalia doesn't matter. No one really matters right now. Um, and that's the problem. Real quickly, do you think we might see Mandy and Sonya at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view? I've been loving what I've been seeing from them on SmackDown lately. I hope so. Um, that's that's the example of a women's feud that means something. They had history. They broke them up. They both have their interesting um, stories and their interesting characters. And now they're having a good feud i mean that's like we said that's not rocket scientist good build good feud so far so i hope it's on the pay-per-view they haven't they haven't been on a pay-per-view since since this kind of all went down so it'd be nice to see them on extreme rules um i mean i don't need to see r-truth in like a 24-7 match 
no thank you. Um, I'd rather have that. I mean, it's just a bigger deal and more people care about it. I would definitely do that. So also, I mentioned this on Hashtag on Wednesday, but with Rhea Ripley, um, I think this might be a perfect time to call her up, you know, push her to the moon again um, as a face in the Raw Women's Division officially as opposed to NXT. Maybe not the smartest idea when you've already called up Shayna and Bianca and they're already not doing enough with them, so maybe not. But um, do you think Rhea Ripley might soon be main roster bound coming off? I mean, currently she's directionless. She's feuding with fucking Robert Stone and Aaliyah. Who gives a shit? Um, I assume they're probably building to Shirai and Ripley. At some point, uh, maybe at the next takeover, and then Ripley loses, and then she moves on. Do you think she might soon be bound for Raw or SmackDown? I think it's possible. I, I, I would, like I said before, I think SmackDown has more women that you could build around. I mean, they're not great, but I mean, compared to Raw, they're fucking amazing. So, um, but the thing is, I feel like if she went to Raw, they'd do the same thing with her that they're doing with Shayna. I mean, Belair is not, I wouldn't say as big as a star, but, I mean, Shayna was, like, the freaking champion for, like, a year. Comes in, like, wrecked havoc in Elimination Chamber, was the big deal. Loses one match, and she's been a, she hasn't been on TV since, or hasn't been, like, even put in the same light since, really. Like, Money in the Bank, we thought she was going to win. She wasn't even in the freaking ending sequence of the match. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she's feuding against Natalia. No one cares. I, I just, it's one of those things, that, and especially with no crowd, it kind of comes down to, Vince looking at the ratings and be like, oh, didn't pop a rating. We're going to de-push her. Like, come on. Like, I think that's what basically I'm ashamed of. Like, I don't, like, there's no crowd reaction. Like, no shit. There's no one there, dude. Like, exactly. I, don't know. And I think I think they pulled the plug on Shayna too soon to make me want them to bring Rhea up. I agree. I agree. If they haven't had a great track record with who they've brought up so far in 2020 alone, doesn't speak too well to what they might do with Rhea. So I agree. I agree. Like that someone asked me on hashtag about Tony Storm. Dude, she would die a death. Die a death. And she's amazing. But I feel like she'd have to go to NXT first once she's uh, you know, in the US and, and whatever. And I thought she was moving to the US. She was off of NXT UK for a long time after she dropped the championship last year. She was gone, dude, for like four or five months. And then she came back, she lost a bunch of matches. And we haven't seen her since. And then the whole quarantine thing is happening right now. But hopefully we soon see her on NXT as well. Um, quickly, from NXT and Dynamite last night, we had, speaking of women, um, a number one contenders match for the NXT Women's Championship announced for next week. A fatal four-way between Ken- uh, Candice LeRae, Mia Yim, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai. Who do you see walking out of that match as the new number one contender to Io Shirai's championship? Uh, I think the story would be nice. I think Dakota Kai would be good. Um, I don't think she's really contending for the belt. I really liked her heel turn so far. I mean, Raquel Gonzalez is a work in progress, but I think I really like her finisher. I think she's a great heavy for Dakota. Um, I, I would do her her and Eo. I feel like Eo's kind of a tweener. I mean, yep. she was here before. Then at In Your House, they were cheering for her, and they are kind of portraying her more as a babyface, but, I mean, they didn't really officially turn her, so... I would put her as a tweener so you could do face or heel, but um, I think Dakota would be good right now. Have her beat Dakota. Um, I don't think she's the one to take the belt off her. I think probably Tegan or Candice would be the one. Yep. Um, so I, I would do Dakota now, get it done, and get that over with, have a good feud. I think they could have great matches, great chemistry. Um, but I would do Dakota first. Yeah, I agree. They're also bringing back Mercedes Martinez, so I wouldn't put her in the title picture right away, but... You can build a her. Maybe she faces Dakota Kai after Dakota Kai is done with Shirai. It's a good filler match. They could always do the match. They might honestly do the match at the at the Great American Bash um, night two because that's a two week event. 
Do you think that might actually happen? Kai and Shirai in two weeks in NXT? I'm down. Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, you know, along with um, Adam Cole and Keith Lee for the NXT Championship and the NXT North American Championship. Uh, what are your thoughts on that title for title? Keith Lee, Adam Cole. Dude, we've been saying this for months now. We've been calling it forever. Title for title, Lee Cole. I thought it would happen at a takeover. It's happening on NXT, which I'm all for. I think this might be it. I think we're getting Keith Lee as the next champion. I know Karrion Cross is looming in the background. Maybe he... I mean, I just don't see what the point is in Adam Cole being the North American champion. And yeah, I know... The interesting thing is that Lee pinned Balor last night. He didn't pin Gargano, which tells me that Gargano and Lee still have unfinished business. If Gargano costs Lee the championship, then that doesn't make any sense because he wants the title, then Lee wouldn't have it anymore. So I just don't really think that makes much sense. Um, I, I think Lee goes all the way and wins the championship. How about you? Yeah, I agree. I think Keith Lee is the one behind the one of uh, beating uh, <laughs> Brock um, Lesnar right there. Brock Lesnar. I have my Eat, Sleep, Conquer, Repeat t-shirt on. So oh, nice, nice. I love it. Um, yeah, I think I th- we've discussed this for a while. I, 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 I think Keith Lee is the guy. He's the one. Um, Adam Cole's had a great reign, but if you're going to have the belt taken off him, Keith Lee is the next biggest star they have, and him as dual champion could be fun for a little bit. I, I Like you said, they could probably revisit Gargano, uh, Cross maybe as well. Um, but I think Keith Lee is the one to take the belt off him. Um, should be a great match, and uh, maybe do that the second. Maybe do that the second night. Yeah, it's the second night, right? The second week. Second night. Yeah, it's in two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So I, th- I think that would be great. I, I think Lee, like you said, he's. We thought he would lose maybe lose the belt to Gargano, be the next challenger for Cole. So the two belts, like you said, if Cole won the North American belt, like not that who cares, but like who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's already held the championship too. Yeah, exactly. He's already held the championship. Doesn't really do much for me. So, I, I think Undisputed Hour is kind of they're kind of not treading. At least the rest of the group's kind of treading water at this point on TV. They they really don't have much direction. Um, the whole Dexter Loomis thing. Eh. Don't care about that. It's just <laughs> it's, it's there. Um, but uh, Cole, once Cole loses the belt, maybe challenge for one more time. They eventually call them up. I hope it's with crowds. But if not, it is what it is. But I, th- I think. Uh, Main roster push at this point is inevitable for them. Yeah, I think so as well. I'm hoping they're waiting until they get a crowd, but I think that, um, and I would hold off a little longer on that. They could they could have been up six months ago, and I wouldn't have complained. But um, yeah, I think I think they're just waiting for a crowd, really, in, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, Lee Cole, looking forward to it. Should be a great match, and the first time they've ever done it on NXT TV. I think they had it as a match in like the Worlds Collide tournament about a year and a half ago. But other than that, I don't think we've ever seen Adam Cole and Keith Lee in NXT. So it's a fresh match. Looking forward to it. Um, what are your thoughts? And you obviously started watching WWE in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Great American Bash coming back as a two-week event. Clearly a petty move on WWE NXT's part to go head-to-head with Fighter Fest. When they have Fighter Fest, Great American Bash, it's it's petty. But you know what? I like Great American Bash. I love the concept. I know it's a WCW thing. I totally get that. But I still like the idea of it around Fourth of July time. So um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Great American Bash coming back for a two-week event starting next week? Love it. I, like you said, I grew up at the time with Ruthless Gresham era when they started uh, doing the Great American Bash again. It was always a SmackDown pay-per-view. Much love to the Blue Brand. Great show. <laughs> uh, I think it was 2004, Eddie Guerrero and JBL in that bull rope match. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. A great time. Um, Any other fond memories of the pay-per-view? I was going to ask you. Probably Tory Wilson and Don Marie somewhere down the line. <laughs> oh, probably God. A couple, couple times. That was always great. Um... 
I remember Undertaker got like uh, he like killed Paul Bear and like the cement mixer thing. Yes, I he was did. Up, yep. I was the Dudley Boys, I believe. That was yep. a good time. Um, <laughs> Rey Mysterio had to be on there. John Cena. I mean, basically anyone at SmackDown. I can't remember too many matches, but I always remember SmackDown having Great American Bash. Always loved it. Always ordered it. Just loved. That was when I only blood blue at that point. But yeah, uh, and they always had good shows. So I'm glad to see it back and. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how they do it. JBL and Eddie had a killer match at the, almost literally at the Great American Bash show in 04. They were just bleeding a gusher, both of them on that show. That's where JBL won the title. Um, that was a great match. Jericho and um, Shawn Michaels had a match at the 08 one. 07, Bobby Lashley and John Cena had a hell of a WWE title match, one of Lashley's final matches before he left. I'm sure there's more I'm not thinking of. No, Batista. May have faced Mark Henry on one of them. I don't really remember. Or like fucking King Booker. Oh, King Booker won the world championship at Great American Bash from Rey Mysterio. Probably not one of your fonder memories of the pay-per-view, but that did happen in 2006. So cool to see it back. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. If you had the choice, or well, actually you do have the choice. Two weeks, Great American Bash Part 2, Fighter Fest Part 2. What are you watching first? I need to see the card first, but uh, I know night one of Fighter Fest, I mean, on paper, looks looks pretty good so probably depending on if they unless they advertise more i'll probably watch fighter fest week one first i mean it doesn't really matter no but i think week one looks really well week two i saw a couple other matches i was like who cares mm-hmm. uh, i think it was like joey janela and lance, lance archer gives a shit <laughs> maybe i think Col- Col- i don't know if Col- cabana and glee was week one or week two i actually have to pull over here week two um, yeah, Brody Lee and Stu Grayson and Kokomania SEU. Who cares? Now the Rose vs. TBD. Don't care. <laughs> FTR, Young Bucks, Butcher Blade. Don't care about them, but love the Lucha Bros. So that should be good. Jericho and Orange Cassidy, like, kind of there. I, I mean, I like Orange Cassidy, but, like, he's facing Jericho now. Like, I get the story, but I don't, know, don't love that. And then it doesn't seem like Moxley and Cage might not happen. So depending on what they do, I mean, Keith Lee and Adam Cole alone beats all that that I see. Um, my yeah. interest, well, at least, like, I think FTR Young Bucks is probably the match that's got my most uh, interest, but I'd rather see Lee and Cole all day over that. So probably week one, I'll definitely watch Fighter Fest first, unless Great America Bash has this ridiculous card. Um, but besides that, week two, I think that's going to be a Great American Bash for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll be watching Fighter Fest next week, probably Great American Bash the week after that. Um, so on that note, as we wind down here and, and ride off into the sunset, AEW Fighter Fest Night 1 predictions for next Wednesday. Um, you had the whole card in front of you. But real quick, MJF and Wardlow versus Jurassic Express's Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. Who wins? I mean, MJF and Wardlow easily. We discussed this before the phone call. Just love MJF, love Wardlow. Um, I understand that seems like they're stalling or... Having them do a little filler feud, but give me something, give me something a little more juicier than Jungle Boy and, uh, and Luchasaurus. He's already beat Jungle Boy three times. Like I don't need to see it again. If anything, have him face someone that's not maybe not main event, but someone that has some more weight to him as a filler feud. Um, I was thinking about it earlier. It was just kind of not similar, but it's like MGS the best, biggest heel they have. Probably the best young star they have as well. Kind of reminds me of like young Randy Orton. Randy Orton was a legend killer. Like, was he when he wasn't over the title? He was in like big programs, and then then he went to the title. But it like made you like care about him. Mm-hmm. He was in Shawn Michaels when McFoley came back, The Undertaker. Like, those are big feuds. Like, Jungle Boy, come on. Like, 
give me something a little bit more juicy. I know maybe do Cody again, but he already beat Cody, and he wasn't even in the freaking tournament for the title. So like that doesn't really make much sense. I guess it is filler, but I mean I think they could do more with him. And I hope that whole like teasing him and Wardlow was just like a one off because they really haven't done that since. So keep them together and make MJF more prominent on on. AW. They haven't done a ton with that since they first teased it a few weeks ago, but Jim Ross did say last night, he goes, oh, Wardlow, because after he was dominating Luchasaurus, he goes, oh, this is a guy that probably doesn't need anyone else or whatever. He made a comment like, that, like, JR, don't, don't do that. Don't, you know, don't break my heart like that. So hopefully they're not going down that, uh, hopefully they're not going down that road. I think that'd be, uh, you know, way, way, way too soon. Private Party versus Santana and Ortiz. Uh, it should be a fun match. I feel like we have seen this before. I, I, I'm sure we've seen it before. Um, and yeah, I think Santana and Ortiz beat Private Party like six months ago. But yeah, it should be a fun match. Private Party being managed by Matt Hardy now. Is this a win for Private Party or does Santana and Ortiz bounce back with the victory here? I don't know. Both teams are kind of in limbo right now. They're, neither of them have been in the title picture. I mean, Private Party for the longest time wasn't even on TV due to... Well, I think they were... At, uh, I feel like they were at, at AEW, they just weren't wrestling, so not sure what the hell they've been doing with them. I, I really like them. Um, I really like Santana Ortiz. I feel like they've fallen a lot since leaving Impact. I mean, haven't definitely been the, as big of a deal as they were in Impact, so I think it's going to be a good match. Um, private party... I, I'd go to a private party. I think right now the Inner Circle's had a lot of issues. If they all, besides Jericho, lose at, at Fighter Fest, could I think it might spell too soon to break up the group, but I think they all lose besides Jericho. It could see dissension soon, so um, I'm going to go with Private Party. Yeah, so I have MJF and Wardlow as well. I forgot to say that. For this one, this one can go either way. Santana lost last night to Matt Hardy. So that, to me, says that they win here. But then again, they just started getting managed by Matt Hardy. Did they lose their first match under his tutelage? Mm, I don't know. Um, we'll talk more about the tag team title match in a minute. I guess it really kind of depends who wins that match. It's... I'm going to say Santana and Ortiz. They really need a big win. They've lost a lot. Um, Private Party do too, but I don't know. It's something that just tells me Santana and Ortiz are going to win, so I'll go with them here. Um, Hakura Shida versus Penelope Ford for the AEW Women's Championship. Got to be a slam dunk. Shida wins, right? Easily. Um, I li- I'd like Penelope Ford. I just think it's way too soon for her. Um, clearly a filler off. feud. Yeah, clearly filler. I mean, it also, I, I'm not blaming the company a lot. I, I think a lot of this is due to injury with Britt Baker out, now Chris Statlander. Um, but that also kind of just points at the fact that their division's still very, very raw. They don't have a lot of, they don't really have any, much women at all at this point. Haven't seen Riho in uh, months. I mean, Nyla Rose is still there, but she just lost the belt. It's just kind of, it's kind of a product of a small division and then some significant injuries, but um, I thought they were going to build up Anna J or Sarah J, whatever the hell her name is. They, she lost. You could have been like an, another person in the division. I can't stand the zombie girl. Don't even know her name. That's you don't want. You don't want to see Abaddon as the next women's champion. Her name was Annabelle, honestly, because I could give two shits. <laughs> I'm all set with the zombie shit. It screams Rosemary from freaking TNA. So. Nice. Uh, Poor man's Rosemary. Rosemary's a lot better, in my opinion. I'll wash my mouth. Poor man's Rosemary. <laughs> but yeah, it just it kind of highlights the division needing more stars, obviously, clearly. Um, I don't fault them for the injuries, but they still need to, they need to work on that a lot, I would still say. Yeah, and I agree. Sheeta wins here. Hopefully they can focus on more women. It's nice that Ford is getting an opportunity, but 
It's not her time quite yet, and I could see them doing Sheeta and... I don't know, maybe Sheeta and Baker. I think Baker is going to be back soon, uh, and they were teasing, they were kind of feeding earlier, and Baker had her best match with Sheeta a couple of months ago in Dynamite, so uh, that's probably where they go with it now that I think about it. So Sheeta and Baker at All Out. Cody, Jake Hager for the AEW TNT title. I mean, way too soon. Cody just won the championship. Hager just... He's good in the bodyguard role, but in the uh, in the ring, he just bores me to tears. That John Moxley match was boring. The Dusty Rhodes, or Dustin Rhodes, <laughs> Dusty Rhodes, uh, brought him back from the dead. Dustin Rhodes match at Revolution was boring as shit. Um, Hager's got to lose here. I mean, that's that's almost a given, correct? Yeah, I'm going with Cody here. Um, love Cody. I mean, he's probably one of the bright spots of AEW. Um, Hager, like you said, just, I don't know. I've never really thought of him as a great wrestler. I'm People... Uh, I don't know that. Like, always oh, back. Like, he's going to be better than ever. I, I, I just, he just, like you said, he bores me to tears. He's not that exciting. Just kind of is there. He hasn't really done much either, so I don't know why he just randomly got a title shot. Um, hasn't really won much, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I, I think Cody wins here. Um, interesting to see what they do with Hager after that. Like you said, I think he's well, way better in the bodyguard role, but I mean, eventually he does have to wrestle as well, but I just, I don't know. I don't think it... I, if Cody loses here, I think I'd, I'd be extremely shocked. Yeah, I mean, he just won the championship. He's got a great thing going with the whole open challenge right now. I've enjoyed the matches with Mark Quinn, Ricky Starks, Jungle Boy. There's a lot more to do there with him as champion. Uh, him and Scorpio Sky at some point could be cool. Him and Christopher Daniels. Him and um, uh, Darby Allen, a rematch from many months ago. They could do that again. There's a, there's a lot of possibilities there. A lot of possibilities. Maybe Adam Page from the Elite or someone else from the Elite. Matt Jackson, maybe. Dustin Rhodes again. They have great chemistry. I've seen a double or nothing last year. So, uh, I, I you know, more free agents. Jeff Cobb coming out of uh, free agency to uh, face Cody. That's a possibility, too. So, yeah, there, there's a lot of possibilities. And I'm looking forward to seeing um, where they go with it from here. Um, finally, and what I assume will be the main event, Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page versus Best Friends for the AEW World Tag Team titles. I think this might be it. I think this might be it. Uh, my prediction is Best Friends take the championships. This is it for Page and Omega, and then they kind of embark on the path to Page and Omega at um, All Out. They probably do Omega and Page versus FTR before then. I know people have said, oh, FTR can win the belts. FDR and Bucks don't really need the belts for their first match against each other. I don't really think that's necessary. That kind of sells itself. So I think best friends win here. That breaks up Page and Omega. You can do that match in the next pay-per-view, and then you can move into maybe... Dude, best friends and um, Lucha Bros. That could work. You know, they were doing their feud a couple months ago. Lucha Bros had to leave due to quarantine. Go back on that um on that route. Maybe that's how Lucha Bros become champions. So I think this kind of works out wonderfully. I think best friends are the next tag team champions. I know you love Paige and Omega, but what do you think of that scenario? I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it at all. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm huge on Paige and Omega. I mean, I, I know eventually they're going to have to... I think, was, I, I think they can break up and like not turn it into a feud right away. I mean, they haven't really teased tension lately. Kind of seem on their... I guess if they did lose, they could then kind of have some dissension, but... I don't know. I, I, I just like best friends. I like best friends a lot. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like they're like, they're good. I like best friends, but I don't know. They've just lost a lot. I know they've been featured a lot too, but I don't know. I like what you said with Lucha Bros, but I mean, you could also do Omega and Lucha Bros at all out. They can lose the belts there. 
then kind of draw it out from there. And then True. FDR or Young Bucks face, I mean, hope the God Young Bucks now face the Lucha Bros again. Holy shit. <laughs> but I don't know. I, it does make sense because, like you said, they could then face Lucha Bros. Then they could face FDR or Young Bucks. But I don't know. I would keep it on Omega and Page still, maybe a little bit longer. But I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if they lost. And then, like I said, if Moxley's out, they still kind of need someone in the main event. And they could do them. And like I said, if they break up, then you could do Cody. I mean, technically, they could do Page and Cody anyways. Like, you know, just because he's a tag team champion doesn't stop him from going for TNT. But, um, <sighs> kid scenario, like, really got in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're winning. I'm going with Omega and Page still. I, I, I can't I can't give up on him that easily, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be like, I'll put it this way. I want Omega to Page to win. I think they're going to win, but I won't be pissed if Best Friends won. Yeah, I think that, I just think they're winning. I do. I, I like your scenario. I love Page and Omega. I feel like All Out is their SummerSlam, so I feel like if, you know, they drop him at All Out and they face off at, at full gear, eh, I don't know. Just doesn't sit well with me. So I think best friends are winning. I do. Um, Paige and Omega have beaten almost literally everybody, dude. Except for no, they've beaten everybody. They beat the Bucks. They beat the Lucha Bros. They've beaten best friends actually already. They beat them on TV many months ago. They beat Private Party. They've beaten uh, the Super Bad Squad. They've literally beaten every fucking team that this company has for the most part. Um, Butcher and Blade, like you name them, they've beaten them. So I don't really know how much further they can go aside from FTR. I know that. But again, like I said, I just don't think that match needs the tag titles, in my opinion. So I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to say best friends. Have, but couldn't you have Omega Page win here? I don't know, do something else. They don't have to defend the titles technically at all out. They may they do their own separate thing. And then at full gear, after, I'm assuming FTR beats Young Bucks at all out, then you do FTR and Omega and Page at, at full gear, break out from there. Then they could either drag it out through Revolution if they do that again, and then double nothing. I don't know. I'm trying to just drag. <sighs> Kid wants to drag it out. <laughs> I want to drag it out. I hate drag when they drag out sometimes, so I want this dragged out to the fullest extent. I know that, but the issue is that I feel like they need Page and Omega on their own again. Like they need the MJF scenario kind of just really illustrates how they need more top baby faces on their own, whether it be Page or Omega or both. Um, depending on who turns heel, if anyone turns heel, because they just they have Cody, they have Moxley, but they they need more than just two. Um, I know they have you know that Scorpio Sky is being built up right now. Jungle Boy ain't a top talent. Uh, they don't. I'm, I'm looking at the roster up and down. Orange Cassidy just ain't that guy. I don't know, dude. You see a scenario as well as like say that they retain and then. Like they need a they need someone like a babyface challenger, and then either Omega goes like, "Oh, I'm gonna take like I want the shot," or maybe they face off. How about this? They win the they still have the belts. They face off somewhere down the line <laughs> for something at all out another show, and they face off together for like a number one contenders match. Omega or Page wins. The other person also gets pissed. They lose the belts eventually, and then they have a feud from there. I'm not breaking them up easily, so I want this. <laughs> Randy Orton Undertaker style, like a fucking year-long breakup. Like, I want this a year-long build. Are you... As long as possible. Are you giving me the Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio booking here where they were the champions when they faced off at WrestleMania? Yes. (laughs) Who's going to be the Dominic here? Whiskey on a pole match. I don't know. (laughs) Custody of the whiskey. 
something. I mean, I just I custody don't know. of I Jack Daniels. I think they. I think there's still money in them together. I I wouldn't break them up yet. I just hear a lot of talking, and what I really hear is I just want to see them in person, so don't break them up. That's what I hear from you right now. That's also there, too, but I really <laughs> like them together. Like, I'm no, not I know. the biggest guy, but him being affiliated with Paige makes me like him more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, once they break him up, I feel like if they're not doing any, like, once they're out of their program together, I'll just kind of go back into not caring about Omega again. But you love uh, the theme song? Yeah, I do like his theme song, but just. I, I know, know, I know, I know. Oh no! Like I said, give me the one-year-long build between them, and then break them up. Okay. Even though they've been teasing this since like December, but I understand what you mean. Longer, longer. <laughs> Jesus. So we'll see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to it. It should be a great match. It should be a good show. So Fighter Fest next Wednesday on Dynamite Night One, and that's gonna do it. I forgot to say hi to you from Alexis. She says hi. Uh, hopefully we get her back on the show at some point. She texted me out before we went live, and I just forgot to tell you. But that's wow. it. You know, I, um, you know, we said before we went live that maybe we do 40 minutes. I, I throw on, I tack on an interview or something. But we didn't need to. We not only we did we reach the 40 minute mark, not only did we exceed the hour mark, we went to like an hour and 20 minutes. So. As only we do every week here on WrestleRant Radio, GSM and RJ breaking down the world of professional wrestling. Join us every single Thursday as long as RJ's in quarantine and I'm threatening the Red Sox to not take him back. I have full custody to go full circle here over Mr. Marceau uh, for the foreseeable future right here on WrestleRant Radio. New episodes every single Thursday. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Podbean, as well as NextAirWrestling.net. WrestleRant Radio for more information. Right the show, uh, subscribe to the show, review the show, all that stuff is greatly appreciated. Find me on the socials at WrestleRant on the Twitter, Facebook, Facebook.com, backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews, and on YouTube as well, YouTube.com, backslash C, backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews. Mr. Marceau, people can find you at Twitter, on Twitter, at RJ underscore Marceau. Anything else that you'd like to share before we close this thing down, wrap it up into a bow before next week? Uh, nothing, not, nothing at this point, I mean... I think the next two weeks, especially on Wednesday nights, will be fun. Definitely tune in. Um, don't be like a butthurt person and be like, I don't like AEW. I only like NXT. Stop being petty. Watch both shows. They're both entertaining for their own aspect. So next two weeks should be fun. I mean, definitely check out. I'm not sure exactly when Extreme Rules is. That, that I'm interested with some of those matches as well. I think July 19th, yeah. starting to heat up. And definitely don't be negative and just, like, just, just be open. There you I go. agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to the next couple of weeks of professional wrestling, breaking down Great American Bash and Fighter Fest Night 1 right here on WrestleRant Radio next week. And maybe give a bit um, of a retrospective review of the first half of 2020, which I know has been a shit show from everything going on. But maybe you know go down our favorite matches and moments from the first half of 2020 in professional wrestling with Mr. Marceau next week. So until then, guys, have a great rest of your week. For Mr. Marceau, I'm Graham G.S. and Matthews. We'll catch your ass down the road. Shout out to you.